This is the Neighborhood Conversations Podcast. Today's sermon was originally recorded on May 7th, 2023. The scripture for this week comes from the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18. From the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18, if you feel led to stand in body or in spirit, I invite you as we hear these words today. The apostles and the brothers and sisters throughout Judea heard that even the Gentiles had welcomed God's word. When Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him. They accused him, you went into the home of the uncircumcised and ate with them. Step by step, Peter explained what had happened. You see, what had happened was, I was in the city of Joppa, praying when I had a visionary experience. In my vision, I saw something like a large linen sheet being lowered down from heaven by its four corners. It came all the way down to me. As I stared at it, wondering what it was, I saw four-legged animals, including wild beasts, as well as reptiles and wild birds. And I heard a voice said, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. I responded, absolutely not, Lord. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. The voice from heaven spoke a second time. Never consider what unclean what God has made pure. This happened three times, and then everything was pulled back into heaven. At that moment, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were staying. The Spirit told me to go with them, and even though they were Gentiles. These six brothers, he said, gesturing to the other humans there with him, also went with me, and we entered the man's house. He reported to us how he had seen an angel standing in his house and saying, send to Joppa and summon Simon, summon Simon, who is also known as Peter. He will tell you how you and your entire household can be saved. When I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them, just as the Spirit fell on us in the beginning. I remembered the Lord's words, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If God gave them the same gift he gave to us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, then who am I? Could I stand in God's way? Once the apostles and other believers heard this, they calmed down. They praised God and concluded, So then God has enabled Gentiles to change their hearts and lives so that they might have new life. This is the word of God for us, the beloved people of God. Will you say thanks be to God? God, thank you for this day that you have made. God, thank you for the gift of a spring with weather like we've had. And God, thank you for the life that you spring up within us. God, thank you for your holy surprises and, in fact, for your holy mischief, which is at work in this world even now. God, move among us and over us and through us and in spite of us that we might be a part of your 
creative and restoring drama in this world. God, we pray and ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who is alive and who is right here with us. And all God's people said, amen. Peter had a vision, yes, Lord. Peter had a vision, oh, my Lord. Peter had a vision, yes, Lord, and that's why we can all eat bacon. I got that in your head now. You're welcome. But you know what? This is an important story, and important stories deserve to be sung and not just told. In fact, this story is an important one in the New Testament, in fact, in the whole of the New Testament, and it's always helpful to have this story, and in fact, the whole section between Acts 10 and Acts 15 in your back pocket. If you haven't read that section, go and read it and then kind of internalize it and hold on to it because it's a critical hinge. It's a pivot in the story of God's people called the church. So we've been reading through Acts and encountering the stories of the Acts of the Apostles, which, as we talked about before, is like a continuation of the stories of the Gospel of Luke written by the same author, most likely. So Acts is like the sequel to Luke. It's Luke 2. Luke 2 pneumatic boogaloo, as I like to call it. Or as uh, Crystal Osner called it the other day, um, she told me that was, this was her idea, Luke 2, I am your father. Anyway, <laughs> happy Star Wars week, I guess. <laughs> and this particular story is so important to Luke that just about... The whole of two chapters get devoted to this particular story. The story actually happens in chapter 10, the chapter before the one that we read here, and word spreads to the gathered apostles and other followers of Jesus in Jerusalem, and they hear the story and they demand some explanation, which is what we are reading and focusing on today. The story is so critical that Luke essentially tells it on repeat for like two chapters, wandering to hammer home to get it in your head what the story is sharing. So let's dive in. So Peter is in Joppa. It's a coastal city. And he's praying up on the roof of this house that he's staying in. And he sees this vision of a great linen sheet being lowered down, filled with all of these animals that are not kosher. These are animals that Jewish dietary law prohibited Jewish people from eating. It has, you know, lizards and pigs and fruit bats and sloths and breakfast cereals. No, I don't know about that part. And whatever else. And the voice says, kill and eat. But this is like the very most unkosher buffet ever. And so Peter says, no, I won't do that, Lord. These animals are unclean. And the voice of God says, never consider unclean what God has made pure. So Peter is pondering what this vision could possibly mean when there is a knock at the door. And the Spirit says... (laughs) In his prayer time, the Spirit says to Peter, don't ask questions. There are some men here. Go with them. It's cool. I love this because, you know, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of God, and it's also the Spirit of Jesus because of the Trinity. And Jesus knows Peter a little, 
right? So it's like this really personal nudge from an old friend, like, buddy, just go with this. It'll be okay. And there are men at the door, and they have come from Cornelius, who is a Roman centurion who was a God-fearer, meaning a Gentile who believed in the God of Israel, maybe practiced some of the spiritual practices of Judaism, but didn't convert all the way for whatever reason. Cornelius had also had a divine visitation from an angel who tells him to send for a certain man in Joppa who's staying at such and such a house and will be on the roof praying. Okay? See how this is kind of an interesting story? So Cornelius does what the angel tells him. He sends for Peter, and while he is waiting, Cornelius gathers a bunch of folks in his house to hear whatever it is that Peter, mystery guest speaker, will say. Because Cornelius knows that it will be from God and therefore good. So Peter shows up and shares the story about Jesus that we hear him sharing repeatedly in Acts, how Jesus killed, was killed, and then raised from the dead, and how Jesus is alive, and they had seen him, and those who find a trusting relationship in this alive Jesus will find real life themselves. And side note, Peter is like living his story here. He's living his sermon. From rooftop prayer to vision to spirit nudging to this impromptu sermon, the Trinity is all up in Peter's life and is inviting him to be a part of this work to recreate the world. So Peter is speaking to these random bunch of folks that he's never met before, and the Holy Spirit descends on this gathered bunch of folks, this gathered bunch of Gentiles of non-Jewish people, and Peter is amazed. And like Philip in our story from a few weeks ago, Peter asks, surely there is nothing to prevent these folks from being baptized. And so all these folks get baptized. And then Peter stays with them in the house for several days. (laughs) It's like the church service that goes on for a week or something. (laughs) Okay, so that's what happened. That's the story, right? This kind of Peter and Cornelius drama, the Holy Spirit and angels and all this kind of stuff. But the story spreads back to Jerusalem. That Gentiles had been given the Spirit and had been baptized. And so the church in Jerusalem summons Peter for an explanation. Because rules had been broken. God's law had been violated here. Because Jews are supposed to keep themselves holy so they can worship a God who is holy. And holiness, is one way, in one way of thinking, involves purity. Not being contaminated by things that are not holy. And Gentiles are not holy by definition. <laughs> and coming into contact with them is risky. And eating with them is out of the question verboten. So Peter has got some explaining to do to the church in Jerusalem. Okay, so I don't know how you picture in your mind the meeting of this Jerusalem church, this gathering of the apostles and the siblings of this movement. 
There's a temptation to think that there's some kind of like ruling body, right? That they're in some kind of throne room or something. Do you remember that movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? And Bill and Ted go to the future, and there are these like three people with sunglasses, and they're like sort of on these floating thrones, you know? Um, and they're just sitting expressionless, and they offer advice and judgments, things like be excellent to each other, right? It can be tempting to think about this gathering of apostles like this, an authoritative body that just sits around making holy decisions for the early church. But that's not it at all. They're a gathering of friends, of people who, from so many different walks of life, had literally walked together down dusty roads following this teacher, Jesus. And Jesus, after his death and resurrection and ascension, had given this ragtag bunch of friends his spirit and his authority. And so together they are both empowered and accountable to keep this movement on the right track. And Peter's decision to connect with the Gentiles is a risk because it could make this whole movement unholy. Do you see what I mean? Because what this gathering of friends asks Peter is not, why did you preach to the Gentiles and baptize them? They're fine if other people sort of believe in Jesus over there. Their question actually is, how could you eat with these people? How could you sit down together and camp out in their house, these Gentiles? That's a little too close. So I really wrestle with this. Because, you know, I'm an inclusive human, sure. I believe God loves all of us and embraces all of us and all of that. But look, that's God. God loves all the people, but me? Do I love all the people? I mean, sure, philosophically, conceptually, on paper, from a distance, I love all the people. Because I can appreciate how, you know, people have different backgrounds and experiences and traumas and cultures, and I can love people over there from over here. <laughs> but would I have lunch or dinner with anyone? No holds barred? I think the answer to that is a pretty quick no way. <laughs> And we live in an increasingly divided country. Divided seemingly in more and more extreme ways, in more ways that was imaginable even a few years ago when I would have stood in this place and said that we were a divided country. And look, you know, there's this impulse to cancel. You know what I mean by that. To cut off contact and communication with folks who are perceived on whatever end, to be ideologically or culturally impure. Like I've seen folks on social media that say, look, if you're friends with such and such person or they're a part of such and such a group, that they will, I will automatically unfriend you, right? And y'all, there are reasons for this, good reasons, reasons of safety and health and boundaries and, you know, not wanting to be a part of a seditious conspiracy, but it's the impulse to cut off the other that's concerning here. 
Because, y'all, if we're going to build the kingdom of God, we need to be adding to this movement, growing our connections and our relationships, bringing together people who are not that far apart into a network of solidarity with each other. We're not all the same, and that's great. But if our goal is liberation for all people, then we got to be working with some folks beyond just the usual suspects. Because we might say, no, 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 I would never be seen with such and such a person who's a part of such and such a group. But y'all, what if, what if change is happening? What if God actually is doing something new in the world, something different and outside of our comfort zones and our expectations of how God works? It's one thing to avoid contact with dangerous folks who, you know, wish to cause you harm or don't recognize your full humanity. I get that. But what happens, what happens when those folks change course? Or at least what happens when God begins to invite you to get up and go to a house and have a conversation? Would you be willing to listen to God and to go, even if it was dangerous, even if there was a risk, a risk of contamination to you and what you represented with your reputation in the community? Would you rise up and take that walk to risk connection with the person across the line? What if that line was, most, was about perception mostly, not reality? And once you began the conversation, you began to realize that you actually have many shared goals and perspectives because Peter and Cornelius, as different as they are, we're being called by the same God into community. Y'all, all of this works because the Spirit is in the mix. Way back at the beginning of Acts, right before Jesus ascended into heaven, Jesus looks at all the disciples and he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I read one commentator this week who said something that has really stuck with me. This person says, it's like Jesus is, you know, looking at the disciples when he says this, you will receive power when the Spirit comes over you. But Jesus is also looking over their shoulders. Jesus is looking at the disciples and Jesus is looking over their shoulders at this vast crowd of people that the disciples can't even see. Jesus is looking at some folks that are sort of standing on the side of the stage, off camera. <laughs> Jesus is looking not just at his disciples, but the Roman centurion and the Ethiopian eunuch and the women by the river in Macedonia and at the old men and the young women and the gender-expansive teenagers and the retirees and the kids on the playground and saying, you too will receive power. And we, whoever we are, can receive this promise and know and trust and feel that God is with us and giving us life power. But we must also recognize that this promise is not just for us. It is a wave 
washing over the whole earth. And it touches far more people than we can imagine. Because God showed Peter a vision, but God also spoke to Cornelius. And the work of God here was bringing them together with this Holy Ghost chess move kind of thing before either of them was aware of it. In fact, I think when Peter is before the the gathered apostles giving his explanation, it's like he's still realizing what's happening. He is realizing in his telling how it is that God was moving in multiple places and hearts in different ways to bring people together across all of the lines. Peter is realizing how the Spirit is for him and for them and is somehow bringing all of us together, not just into a them, but into an us. Here's maybe what I love the most about this story as a church leader. Peter tells his story to his sibling apostles, and they shift from accusation to relief. You know, they start out being like, explain to us how it is that you were doing this thing. And he says that it, you know, he tells the story. And all of a sudden, the the gathering of folks goes, oh, now that you tell us it was the Spirit that led you to do this, that's fine. (laughs) Their trust in the living Spirit frees them to rise up from their worries about boundaries and purity and holiness and protection and to see that it is God who is up to something bigger than they ever could have anticipated. These apostles trust God more than they trust the tradition that they have practiced their whole lives. And yes, it means some things are going to have to change, and there's going to be more questions later, but wherever this thing, whatever this new thing is, God is in it, and so we say yes. Oh, friends, may we have this kind of trust. The trust in the living one that comes from a relationship built over time. May we spend enough time with God that we know what God feels like, smells like, tastes like, sounds like when we encounter God. May we have such a connection with the living one that when there is a knock on the door, and we feel a nudge that we say yes. May we have such a trust that when the Spirit says to send an invite to a random stranger, we click send. May we have such a trust that when our siblings share the stories of their visions, we say, hallelujah, God is moving. May we have such a trust that even when the movement of God seems to break all the rules, even the rules that our grandmamas taught us, that we say, who am I to blow against the wind? Y'all, the church worked. It grew and it thrived and it moved throughout the world because Peter had this vision and trusted what God was showing him. The church grew and thrived and moved because Cornelius trusted God and sent for Peter. It grows and it thrives and it moves even now when churches realize that God is even now doing strange and outlandish stuff out here on this wild earth beyond the pretty picket fence of our little churchyards. And when we say yes, amen, 
so be it. Hallelujah. When these things show up, we say yes. May it be so with us, neighbors. Amen. Neighborhood Conversations is produced for all y'all by Neighborhood Church, located in the East in Town area of Atlanta. You can learn more about us at neighborhoodchurchatl.com. On our website, you can find links to join our weekly live streams, find out about what's going on both in the neighborhood and what our community partners are up to. And of course, you are always welcome to check us out in person at 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Connect with us on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Hope to connect with you soon.